There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France. Which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mer and mer somehow being different words. Tubi. It's more popular than being French. See you in there. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. Whether thou art a ghost that hath come from the earth, or a phantom of night that hath no heart, or one that lieth dead in the desert, or a ghost unburied, or a demon, or a ghoul, whatever thou be until thou art removed, thou shalt find here no water to drink. Thou shalt not stretch forth thy hand to our own. Into our house enter thou not. Through our fence break through thou not. We are protected, though we may be frightened. Our life you may not steal, though we may be scared to death. Yee! Yee! We're back! Hi! Hello, hello, welcome to Scared to Death. Hey, y'all. I'm Dan Cummins, this is my co-host and wife. Lindsay, hi. Hello, hello. Hello, sir. Episode four. Episode four. And can I tell you, like, now that we've been doing this for a hot minute, mm-hmm. uh, now when I watch that intro, yeah. the stories are playing in my head, and it is starting to freak me out more and more. It was building. R- correct. And, and I know that it's a protection spell. Like, I should be mm-hmm. feeling safer with the words, and maybe I do, but the images... Are freaking me out. Yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, you know what we're talking uh, about. Very, very, and you can watch Bad Magic Productions is the YouTube channel that the Scared to Death playlist lives under. Yes, come and find us, and just a tiny, tiny bit of housekeeping before we even dive yeah. in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's annoying, but guys, believe it or not, it actually really matters. So find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram. You can find us at Scared to Death Podcast, mm-hmm. and then anywhere that you. Uh, are listening to your podcasts, wherever you're getting it from, rate and review, Please. subscribe, all the things. Uh, quite frankly, we just want to keep doing this. And yes. if, if you guys can do that one simple little thing by rating and reviewing and subscribing, it really, really helps. So Absolutely. absolutely. It's like, yo. Housekeeping. Done. You know, and I know some of you uh, know that, you know, we do another podcast and, and, and that's been kind of going. We want this one to be going too. And, you know, just like when a new restaurant opens, if, if people don't leave reviews on Yelp, then people like myself generally don't go. Because uh, when I travel a lot, that's the first thing I do. I, I see, like, what kind of food do I want in the area? And, yeah. then I, and then I pull up, you know, the maps and I look at the Yelp reviews and, and I really do kind of base where I'm going to go pretty much exclusively off Yelp. I know, me too. And and also, it's not even just like uh, the kind of reviews, it's how many reviews. Yeah, I'm like, if there's absolutely. three reviews and... It's more of a gamble. I know. You get burned. Ugh. And same, same. so it makes sense. You know, same yeah. thing with podcasts. People want to, you know, check out. If they, if they see a bunch of reviews, they're intrigued. Interest is peaked. So, you know, help us out. So there you have it. Thanks, friends. That's Yeah. Thanks, fellow Let's ghost keep getting hunters. scared. 
Uh, well, we got a, you know, a, a, a double feature horror tale again today. Oh. Always the two stories. And, I already uh, feel anxious. And if you're new to the show, all the stories are not things that I've just, you know, pulled out of thin air. These are stories I have found from uh, books and the web that are alleged to be true. All of these stories are alleged to be true. That we And, it, and always two tales on each episode of Scared to Death. Today, Shadow People. Oh, God. And Demonic Possession. How do I get out of this room? <laughs> Please. Story number one today is about a Portuguese man named Daniel Pastana and his girlfriend encountering one of the worst types of shadow people, a red-eyed shadow person. There's different kinds. That's a thing? Mm-hmm. There are variations? There's, there's, yep, there's varieties well, of sightings. Well, shit. <laughs> uh, late one night in Libson. Or Lisbon, excuse me. Oh, and, I like Lisbon. I've been there. Okay, okay. Well, maybe you won't want to go back after this story. Cool. <laughs> uh, story number two is about the demonic possession uh, of a boy who has been referred to both as Robbie Mannheim and Roland Doe. And once we get into the story, you'll understand why the name has gone back and forth. <laughs> Roland and Doe. That's, Roland that's what Doe. I heard. Sorry. Yeah, and, and you'll understand once we get yeah, into yeah, it yeah. why there's a couple different names I like a little. I like a little like lightheartedness sure, because I off. am my heart. You know, every week I'm like, oh, my hands are sweating, my heart. The anticipation yeah. freaking kills me. And I, and I I feel, I mean, I don't want to, you know, ruin it by hyping it up too much. Then just stop there, man. Scary today. Scary today. Ugh, okay. I've already been scared. And and we can't wait to tell you about what's been happening to yeah. us this week. But I Lindsay have, has been getting very freaked out. I've not been sleeping. So. Specifically, the Lachance family story <sighs> of, the, of the Union House haunting that we did in episode two has really been bothering Lindsay. And I'm going to talk to her about it because it's been affecting my life as well. <laughs> I don't, even want it. I don't even want to talk about it because you got really it's starting to dissipate and I'm yeah. fearful that by talking about it, we're just going to bring it all back up again. <laughs> and, got, and got a couple quick, a couple, producer Joe was very nice to give us a couple new props for the studio. Not this, only Joe, his beautiful- Aaron, Joe and Aaron, his Joe beautiful Joe and Aaron, wife. thank you. She's so lovely. We love mm -hmm. her so much. They went to a weird, creepy store. Uh -huh. They got you a, a little hand purse that is actually just a dead frog. Check this out. Uh, mm -hmm. So we got a, we got a little frog. Look at put the money inside. <laughs> My name is. Yeah, look at your camera. The frog. Yeah, a little close up there. There we go. There you go. Perfect. I, I clearly don't know how cameras work. <laughs> <laughs> you remind me of a late night guest when they're looking in the wrong uh, camera. Camera one. Camera one. Uh, Perfect. And then also this little guy here is uh, in the jar. You can't see it real well, but just know. There is a dead bat, well, do a you wanna, real dead bat. Do you want to just pop him out for one second? I mean, he's so cute. Not. Oh, geez. Okay, trying to reach around the mic. So pulling him up out of here. This is a real little dead bat. Hold him up to your camera. I, I am. I am trying to use the monitor to see where how he looks. And then inside of the little plug that fits over the little vase is uh, a really creepy spider. Yeah. So we got more creepy stuff floating around us here. And Dan licked that bat this weekend when Joe almost, gave it to us. Almost. Well, almost licked it. I think he did. I might have barely touched it. Okay, are we getting in? Are we ready? <sighs> got on my uh, socks. Got you your know, socks on. My protection socks. And I'm getting my blanket ready because Adorable. it really does make me feel safer. Okay, your little comfort, you know, ritual. <sighs> are you guys ready? I'm so scared. You, you tell, me when, tell me when you're ready enough. <sighs> okay. Okay. Let's do it. Time now. For the first story, Daniel Pastana's encounter with a red-eyed shadow person. Shadow people. Fear of the dark. It's a very common fear. Maybe the most common fear. Our eyes tend to play tricks on us when the lights are low. Or do they? Or do we see things at night that just don't want to come out and show themselves during the day? Oh, dear. Maybe that swaying, humanish dark figure on the wall is nothing more than the shadow of a tree branch outside the window. It's a shadow. But what if it's much more than that? What if when you look at that branch later and feel like there's no way it could have made that shadow on that wall 
What if you're right? Maybe you really did see an entity that many, many other people around the world have claimed to witness over and over again, a creature or spirit or, for lack of a better term, a monster. Others have claimed to have been haunted by and sometimes even been physically attacked by. No. A shadow person. (sighs) Ever been reading a book or watching TV or laying in bed alone trying to fall asleep when suddenly you get the distinct feeling that you're not alone? Yes, every single night. Something is watching you. And then from the corner of your eye, you see what appears to be a shadowy figure lurking somewhere in the room. Easy to chalk this up to an overactive imagination. It's just your mind playing tricks on you. But what if it's much more than that? What if you really are being watched? What if you really are being watched by something older than humanity itself? Something that does mean you harm. Shadow person sighting investigator Heidi Hollis says, Shadow people have been around since the beginning of time and are a dark influence upon humanity. Well, I don't like that. There have been shadow people sightings throughout history dating back to ancient times. The Quran mentions pitch black sapient beings that aren't entirely spiritual or physical. People of ancient Europe believed that shadow beings desired blood and without it they could not be reborn. And today, new reports of sightings continually pour in from around the world. (laughs) Ghosts, demons, extraterrestrials, interdimensional beings... What are shadow people? No one knows, but the worst of the shadow people seem to share a specific feature outside of possessing dark, shadowy bodies. Red eyes. I've never seen that. What is a red-eyed shadow person? Not real. Not real. Not real. It's an ominous entity that has been consistently described and reported over and over and over by numerous people in numerous different parts of the world. And these red-eyed creatures don't start to show up or didn't start to show up after the internet arrived. Please don't be real. They're not the product of creepypasta lore. They are not, you know, born on some online blog or in some chat room. Bishop James Long, pastor of St. Christopher Old Catholic Church in Louisville, Kentucky, has studied these red-eyed creatures for years, thinks they're demons that literally feed off of our fear. I don't like that a priest is into it. A lot of people are into it. Priest makes it feel so much more real. Bishop Long believes that fear itself is what these entities are after and that they will do anything to elicit fear out of their victims, including changing shape, saying they can take the shape of many creatures. I have seen these shadow entities create a figure of a black dog with red piercing eyes. Long believes that the creatures take the shape of whatever scares you the most. I'm not afraid of anything. He says, remember, the purpose of demonic entities is to provoke fear within us. It is that fear that it preys on, and it is that fear that it will exploit. Well, a man named Daniel Pastana believes one of these creatures definitely fed off of his fear. He believes that he and his girlfriend were chased by one of these creatures several years ago in Portugal. And he has no doubt that whatever was after them meant them harm. Pastana was walking his girlfriend home late one night in Lisbon when they stopped in a small park. As they said their final words for the evening or what were supposed to be their final words for the evening, they heard what sounded like something moving high up in a tree nearby. This something sounded much, much larger than a bird or a bat, much larger than a cat or some other small, nighttime tree-crawling creature. The two strained to see past a streetlight into the branches, and the sound of the movement intensified. It sounded like something the size of a man was the source of the noise. Oh, jeez. But this something moved faster than anyone would expect a man could, especially in the darkness. Violent rustling continued to intensify, and then Daniel and his girlfriend heard the loud crack of a large branch breaking. 
The sound shot through the night. Then Pistana heard the sound of a large creature hit the ground just over a wall that separated the small park from the backyard of a nearby home. A feeling of extreme fear filled the pit of Daniel's stomach. He'd later say, A strange feeling arose inside me that I still can't explain. For a moment all was silent. <clears throat> Daniel and his girlfriend stood as still as statues, quietly listening and looking towards the wall, their feet frozen to the ground. No, move! They heard nothing but a light breeze blowing through the trees, cars driving down a main road off in the distance, the sounds of a city settling in for sleep, their own now racing heartbeats. And then they heard it again. It sounded like something was slowly, steadily walking towards the wall. They Get could out of there! They could hear the sounds of dry leaves smashing underneath its feet. And then whatever was approaching suddenly stopped and again, all was quiet. And then it showed itself. <gasps> Bastana and his girlfriend watched silently as the dark, claw-like fingers of two dark hands oh. grasped the top of the wall in front of them. Get the fuck out! Run! They would later describe the thing's skin, if it indeed had skin, as looking like burned paper. Oh. This shadow person began to slowly pull itself up and onto the top of the wall. They stood frozen as a head... Uh, dark hands pulled itself up. Pastana said two brilliant and red eyes stared directly at us. Get you go! The creature loosened a roar and then jumped up onto the wall. He said <laughs> we saw it perfectly. It was human-like in shape and had pitch black skin from head to toes. Neither Pastana nor his girlfriend could make out any other distinct features outside of its fiery red eyes. Don't fucking make out anything. Just get out of there. For a moment, the three just watched each other. Oh, dear. Daniel and his girlfriend unable to move. The creature cocked its head to the side as if to examine them. And then although its mouth was no less dark than its surrounding face, it seemed to let loose a devilish grin. It dropped down onto their side of the wall and in an unsettling, oh. stiff, stilted, disjointed, and entirely unnatural manner, oh my God. the creature roughly 30 yards away moved slowly and steadily towards them. It's moving slow. Run fast. Pistana wanted to run but felt paralyzed Bullshit. as if everything was happening in a dream, except he and his girlfriend were most definitely awake. Oh, my God. Finally, when the creature was no more than 10 yards away, Daniel's girlfriend screamed and then Daniel himself shouted, Run! Finally! They turned and ran back to Daniel's apartment building, both too frightened to turn and see if they were being chased. They didn't have to. They knew it was following them. Oh. They could feel it. They could hear it. When they made it to the front of Daniel's oh, apartment God. building, oh, Get your keys they out. could feel the thing closing in on them as Daniel tried to unlock the main entrance door. They opened it, threw themselves inside, slammed the door shut, and then quickly ran upstairs without looking back. I bet it comes through the door. Whatever was chasing them was no longer right behind oh. them. Oh, but they could still feel its presence somewhere nearby. When the two made it to the third floor, where Daniel's apartment was located, they caught movement outside of a hallway window. Oh, I see? Through the glass, Daniel saw the red eyes flicker once more as the creature seemed to have scaled the front of the building Told and was you. staring directly at them. Fuck. What did it want? He screamed, leave us alone! And the creature started to somehow come through the glass. No. It was as if it could dissolve oh. into the air and then reassemble itself on the other side. Oh my God. Just then, one of Daniel's apartment neighbors startled by his scream opened their door stepped out into the hall in front of the window he unknowingly stood right in front of this creature oh fuck. startled by the look on daniel and his girlfriend's faces he turned to see what they were witnessing and then just like that it vanished disappeared the red eyes were gone he would tell daniel later oh that he was sure that he felt something behind him but saw nothing it's now been several years since that night and while they haven't seen the creature since from time to time, Daniel and his girlfriend 
both still still feel its heavy presence. That fucking move. The presence of, of something behind them or above them in the trees of Lisbon at night. Oh, God. They both still wonder what if the next time this thing appears, it chases them again, and what if this time it actually catches them? I don't like that at all. You imagine being chased by some oh, yeah. weird thing and then the night is just completely black. Yeah, no, I just fucking pictured that whole thing and definitely not sleeping tonight. Well, Great. oh, so neither are you. This is artist depictions of what this thing oh, is supposed to look like. I hate the pictures. I don't want to look. Here's picture number one. No, thank you. That's just look, just <laughs> darkness. You have to look. It's darkness oh, and then God. just red eyes looking out the darkness. That's fucking nutty. They're I don't often like it. they're often seen in uh, you know wherever you sleep, like bedrooms. So here's an artist so, depiction. No, don't mention the bedroom, please. Look at that shadow. Oh fuck! To the side of the door. That looks like a real person. Right when you're sleeping, just a moving living Dude, shadow. Stop. Ugh. You share a bedroom with me. I know this is gonna freak you out. Me, you are going to be so fucked tonight. I know it. <laughs> now check out this next one. <laughs> That's what comes up when you Google creepy rapey dude. Just had to lighten it up for a second. Thank you. I like that he's holding a pineapple. Weirdo with his pineapple. It makes him creepier to me. I feel like pina coladas. That guy, that guy feels like some stuff for sure. You feel like he wants to do some stuff with some pina coladas. <laughs> uh, okay. And then another scary one for real. This is, there's the red-eyed guy. Oh, God. Now, down the road, we will talk about the worst of the worst. Within the red-eyed shadow people, there is another subset of sightings that has been very specific in what people see across the world, story after story. And it is the hat man, he gets the called. Hat man? Yep. People don't know if it's like a specific oh, demon God. or entity, but it always appears red eyes, str- that, that kind of hat. And But it's w- eerie how it's always described that way. A, I almost wore a hat like that today. Ugh. So that would have been fun. Mm-hmm. B, it is colder in here than it's ever been. <laughs> I'm telling you, this room is fucking haunted. We're, we're, we're actively haunting it. We're actively bringing things in. That thing is creepy. That hat, the hat, the red hat, yeah. Yeah, it somehow like makes me think of Freddy Krueger. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. Does Freddie wear that hat? Mm, yeah. I think he does have Something, a hat similar yeah, yeah, to that. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. now I know where it comes from. Right. Fuck. That was really scary. Yeah. So, they, I mean. Because, like, I just feel like, oh, you know, like, uh, especially, like, you know, you're dating. You go to the, sure. right? Like, you're at the park. Like, yeah, I can totally picture that scene. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, I could, like, see the wall and the hands coming over. You can hear the tree rustling. A crack of a and branch. And then it's just, like, staring at you. The thump. Of feet or something yeah. hitting the ground. That was a good one. That's and exactly then, what it feels like. And, and then just like the, 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 the leaves dry, you know, in the fall I leaves. I mean, I just want to say that if, you. if these things ever happen to us, like if we're frozen, I expect oh one God. of us to punch the other one and run, 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 run. Don't be stupid. Well, I'm sure that there is, if this is actually happening to you, I'm sure there's a, a part of you that's trying to process like if it's real but or you not. You process it later. <laughs> But but I but I can't actually see how you would be frozen and just you know like waiting for someone to be like ah just kidding I don't know I've never been frozen with fear or anxiety or anything like that's not my well hopefully it doesn't happen because in, in a fight or flight situation yeah. I'm a massive flight so <laughs> I will be running with or without you so if, the, if this shadow if these shadow people do indeed exist what do you think they are I don't Any know they, they might be people who are stuck in the in between ah oh, that's you know that's like, actually creeps me out more for some reason well to me it just is probably somebody who has died and is mm. is in that limbo sort of place like right if you if you're religious at all you definitely believe in that limbo place yeah and i mean i 
it's not like I've died and come back. So I, none of us know what happens when we die. Right. That's the whole so, basis for all of this is the unknown. Right. So it's like if your spirit can take on another form and if you were a nefarious person or even if you were, you know, a good, uh, um, a sheep in wolf's clothing, is that how it goes? A wolf in sheep's clothing? Yeah. Right. Like, you know, if you seemed good on the outside, but you're right. naughty on the inside, let's say. Yeah. I mean, you might come back and be either like um, reenacting some like horrible fantasies that you had. I mean, right. you love to scare the shit out of me. Maybe you're going to come back as a red-eyed shadow person and scare oh people. God. And it's fun for the shadow person. If it feeds off of fear. That's interesting. Like, it's like yeah. some weird, almost uh, in-between prankster. Yeah. <laughs> but only fun for them. Only fun for them. I, I imagine him, like, going back to his friends, like, ha-ha, high five, I got <laughs> shadow buddies. Yeah. That somehow gives me a little, like... Okay. Lighten him up a little. <sighs> yeah. if, if they're real, I doubt they're just, like, jovial like that. But okay. I know. I know. But can we just pretend... <laughs> I like, I'm still thinking about your sheep and wolf's clothing. I like that personality <laughs> where somebody who like appears like a horrible, murdery person, but then they're like super warm and fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> but don't you know those people that look creepy and then you talk to them? And I am like, one of those oh, people, so I think. Nice. I think I am one of those people. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention it. <laughs> okay. Are you, re- are you ready for the next story? I, I mean, define ready. <laughs> Summer is just around the corner. Who's excited? I know I am. With the warmer, sunnier days calling your name, the last place you're going to want to be is in your kitchen, cooking and meal prepping. Make your life easier with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Factors Never Frozen, Always Fresh Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Think of all the extra time you will get outside in the summer sun when you aren't wasting hours in the kitchen. I think I speak for everyone when I say that the summer is the busiest time of the year. We are all trying to cram in as many things as possible, from concerts to vacations and everything in between. With Kyler home from college and Monroe on her break too, I want to spend as much time as possible with them. And while I truly love to cook, the summer is the one time of year that I'm the least interested in doing that for three meals a day. So I lean on Factor to help keep me healthy and in step with my diet. I'm obsessed with the honey yogurt pancakes for breakfast, the pork El Pastor for lunch, and the cilantro lime barramundi for dinner. So easy and saves me so much time. Head to factormeals.com slash scared to death 50 and use code scared to death 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code scared to death 50 at factormeals.com slash scared to death 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Because uh, well, I'm already actually okay, if pretty you're getting spooked, tripped good, out. Good, good. Uh, 
Now, before we get into this next story, I, I want to acknowledge this is a different that a lot has already been written about it, and just that we know that uh, this is the most famous story that we've shared thus far, and it probably it might be the most famous story we'll ever share because this is um, one of the most famous horror tales in American history, but it's a lesser known version of it, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Uh, this is the you know quote unquote true story behind the 1971 horror novel The Exorcist. Okay. So this is the story it's based on that we'll be telling today. Uh, that book was written by William Peter Blatty. Then William wrote the screenplay for the movie of the same name that was hugely successful. Mm-hmm. You know, the first horror movie to be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture that was released two years later, December 26, 1973. And that movie terrified people. I didn't realize how bad The, the Exorcist scared people when it came out, the movie. People I'm vomited. I remember if I've ever seen it. Seen I, it. I've seen it. I've I seen it. I feel like I did when I was younger, but now I'm not really remembering it, which is good because yeah. this will be a whole new scare. Well, and people and people vomited, uh, fainted Ugh. in the theater when the movie came out. There were reports of people dying of heart attacks. No way. Yeah, watching the movie. Women suffering miscarriages watching this movie. It was so sacrilegious and downright scary. It was boycotted in some cities, banned in other cities. Wow. Random uh, tidbit about it. You couldn't legally even rent the home video version of The Exorcist in Britain until 1999. 1999? That's like yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Holy shit. Super popular story. But it's not exactly the story I'm going to be telling you today. Okay. The book and the movie version of this tale differ quite a bit from what I'll be telling the original story. The movie's about the demonic possession of a 12-year-old girl. The real story centers around a 14-year-old boy. In the movie, the girl Reagan finds a Ouija board in the basement. Oh, my God. My Uh, niece, our niece's name is Reagan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (gasps) Okay. uh, Yeah, in the movie, yeah, Reagan finds uh, the Ouija board in the basement of a home her and her mother have just moved into, starts playing with it on her own. Oh, my God. I have the chills all over. I have so many bad Ouija board stories. Oh, this one's going to get you then real bad. Oh, I got some stuff to tell you later, buddy. In the original story, the boy, uh, Robbie, was shown how to use the Ouija board by his aunt, who was obsessed with the occult. Okay, I get it. And had been actively trying to contact the dead for quite some time. I get that. Uh, any other details, you know, I, I would give now would take away from the story, so I won't give okay. those. But I just wanted to clarify for listeners that, yes, this story is indeed the basis of The Exorcist and that there are a variety of differences between it and the movie. Also, the boy who gets possessed, sometimes referred to as Robbie Mannheim, other times as Roland Doe. His real identity has been kept hidden. Oh. So that's why there's these uh, pseudonyms. Uh, you know, to be less confusing, I will only refer to him in the story as Robbie Mannheim. It's okay. silly to go back and forth. Absolutely. Last note, I do think this original story is scarier than the movie. Cool. Creeped out? That sounds great. Are you creeped out yet? I'm going to get a little sip of water while you soak it in. I'm not scared at all. I was just thinking that I'm glad that you're using the name Robbie because one of uh, our employees... uh, Friends? What? Joe's friend? Is that Mm -hmm. what you're thinking of? Oh, No, I'm not thinking of Robbie. I'm thinking of uh, Harmony's son whose name is Roland. Oh, I hope she doesn't mind me disclosing his name. (laughs) Okay, ready, ready? Ready, ready. Time now for Daniel Pistana's encounter with the red-eyed... Sh- oh, gosh. What am I talking about? <laughs> oh, good. We're going to go back to that story. Not time for that. Not time. Not time for that. Not time to do that again. Time now for the exorcism of Robbie Mannheim. In 1948, 13-year-old Robbie Mannheim lived in the roughly 1,300-person town of Cottage City, Maryland. Cottage City, quaint little burg full of old cottage-style homes that sits on a well-manicured tree-lined streets. Sandwiched in between Washington, D.C. and the uh, Anacostia River. Little okay. Robbie was only a child, uh, or no, I'm sorry, was an only child, raised in a happy German Lutheran household, quiet, studious, introverted, didn't have a lot of playmates, hmm. doted on by his family, especially by his Aunt Harriet, a woman who, in addition to spending a lot of time with her nephew, 
uh, also spent a lot of time dabbling in occult spiritualism. Okay. Her aunt, or his aunt, excuse me, possessed numerous occult objects, including her Ouija or Ouija, I'll say Ouija board. And one day when Robbie expressed an interest in the Ouija board. Of his, course, all kids do. Of course. His aunt Harriet showed him how to use it. Okay. And then the two of them began to use it all of the time. Oh, dear. They spent hours trying to make contact with the other side, with the land of the no longer living. And Robbie soon became obsessed with the Ouija board. How exciting it must have been to think you could hear back from the great beyond. Oh, boy. Roughly a year later, Robbie's Aunt Harriet dies suddenly in January of 1949 due to what has possibly cryptically been described as natural causes. Maybe she did die of natural causes. Or... Maybe she made very unnatural contact with something she should have never looked for in the first place and died because of it. Probably. Before we move forward, just to make sure everyone is rightfully creeped out, let me describe what a Ouija board actually is. <laughs> a Ouija board, also known as a spirit board or talking board, is a flat board marked with the letters of the alphabet, numbers, yes, no, hello, sometimes goodbye. It also has a few occult iconography symbols, comes with a small heart-shaped piece of wood or plastic called a planchet, and when you and a friend lightly touch the planchet, many believe... The spirits move it around to spell out messages something is sharing with you from the other side. Most people think it's just a harmless board game, one that has been sold off and on in major department stores across the world next to games like Scrabble and Monopoly, a game sold by Parker Brothers, the same people who make Monopoly and Clue and many other games. Most think it's nothing more than people's minds and imaginations moving the planchet across the board, but... I disagree. There are others who think it's far from harmless. It is not harmless. People who think that sometimes something much more than just your imagination moves the planchet, something sinister. One Christian website warns against its use, saying that, you know, most of the time it probably is a harmless game. But? They say that 50 people could play it, nothing more than their imagination might move the planchet across the board each and every time. But then, what if the 50 per, uh, first person uses it and opens a door to a place they're not ready for? What if they use it to make contact with a deceased loved one and then do make contact, but not with their loved one? Instead, they make contact with something masquerading as that loved one, some manipulative demonic entity, something that can use our belief in the power of the board as a conduit to gain access to our world. That's exactly what many witnesses think happened to Robbie Mannheim. In 1949, after his aunt passed, the now 14-year-old boy became convinced he could reach her with the uh, Ouija board. Not a good idea, Robbie. And according to his family, he did reach something. Uh-huh. According to priests and other witnesses who would try to help him in the coming months, he reached a whole lot of somethings. Oh, God. Uh. And none of them were his aunt. Shortly after Aunt Harriet's death, Robbie and his family began experiencing an escalating series of strange and hard-to-explain events while Robbie continued to reach out with his Ouija board. Things started out innocently enough with the sound of dripping water. Okay. Robbie, his mother and father, also his grandmother, who lived with the family, all heard it. Just a steady drip, drip, drip. But it wasn't coming from any faucet. It wasn't coming from any visible section of pipe. It was hard to locate where the sound was even coming from. But they heard it all the same. It seemed to come from both everywhere and nowhere. Drip, <clears throat> drip. Drip. Where the fuck was it coming from? Just maddening. And it was just the beginning. 
Soon after the sounds of dripping water, the family started hearing the far more ominous sounds of animalistic scratching noises <sighs> coming from within their home's walls. Oh, God. The noises began in the bedroom of Robbie's grandmother, seeming to come up from the floorboards beneath her bed. They thought at first maybe some small animal was trapped, and then the sound moved to other sections of the home. Maybe the little animal was now free. Rats, mice within the walls. Not fun, but something that could be easily remedied. The family also convinced themselves that the sound of dripping water was coming from within the walls. Nothing more than some old leaky pipes and some rodents. It was an old house after all. Fair enough. Robbie's dad hired someone to check the plumbing and take care of it. Nothing. Oh. The plumber couldn't find the source of the sound. Of course he couldn't. When he was there, no one heard it. Oh, shit. And then it started again when he left. Oh, no. The family then hired an exterminator to find the source of the scratching. Again, nothing. Robbie's dad got so frustrated, he tore out a few sections of the interior walls to find the source of the relentless noise. Nothing. No plumbing problems, no signs of mice, or any other creatures living in the walls. Yet the noises continued. Soon... The sounds of scratching and dripping water were joined by the sounds of marching and stomping feet. Oh, no! Loudly stomping feet, loud enough to awake the entire family in the middle of the night on multiple occasions. Fuck that. Get out of that house. The Mannheims also started to hear what sounded like someone or something pounding on the walls from the inside of the walls. Uh, Once the pounding and knocking came from within a wall behind a framed depiction of Jesus Christ, knocking that picture to the ground. Oh, God. Hang it back up. You need Jesus. Dripping, scratching, stomping, pounding. Oh, my God. The Mannheim home was becoming an unbearable place to live in. And while all this goes on, unbeknownst to the family, young Robbie continues to use the Ouija board. You need to burn that fucking board. And also unbeknownst to his family, he'd recently made contact with the other side. He thought he'd began talking to his aunt. Uh-uh. He did not. But he communicated with whatever was masquerading as his aunt hour after hour, day after day. It's so cold in here. It is suddenly really cold it's in so here. so fucking cold. As Robbie began to communicate daily with first one dark entity and then soon many others, new noises filled the family home. Tapping, knocking, banging sounds could and would start to break out at any point, day and night. And then, if it wasn't already apparent enough that the Mannheim home was swarming with poltergeist activity, it soon became apparent when household items and furniture began to fly around on their own. No way! That's what they report. It also soon became obvious to the family that Robbie himself, not the home they lived in, was the source of their paranormal problems. Because whenever Robbie left the home, the strange occurrences left with him. Oh my God, it attached to him. Shit. Several classmates witnessed objects begin to levitate around Robbie at school. Classmates claimed to see objects such as pencils and notebooks suddenly fly across the room. Fuck. On one occasion, his desk was witnessed sliding across the floor, seemingly on its own and smashing into other desks. This is not good for Robbie. Then Robbie's personality and behavior began to deteriorate. Well, yeah. He's possessed. Mm -hmm. The formerly quiet and timid boy became more aggressive, prone to angry outbursts and profane tantrums. Oh, dear. He became physically violent towards his parents and towards inanimate objects as well. He began getting into fights at school. Robbie's parents became concerned enough to seek medical and psychiatric advice. Despite visiting a variety of doctors and therapists, their son's strange behavior grew increasingly menacing and dark. 
Life was quickly spiraling out of control for the Mannheims. Between the scratching, dripping, and stomping noises, their sons' outbursts, the objects actually moving on their own around their home, sleep was getting harder and harder to come by. Their collective grip on sanity began to loosen. Total meltdown. Not knowing what else to do, the couple decided to seek the assistance of the family pastor, Reverend Luther Miles Schultz. Good idea. Lutheran pastor, they all agreed that Robbie should spend a night at the pastor's house for further observation and evaluation. They wanted to see if the pastor heard or saw anything when removed from their home. They also wanted to see if they themselves continued to hear or see anything when Robbie was out of the house at night. Okay, fair. Before commencing on any sort of exorcism, the pastor needed to be absolutely certain that some sort of demonic influence did exist within Robbie. It would take just one night for the pastor to feel that certainty. Ugh. Strange sounds such as loud scratching and rattling emanated from Robbie's bedroom the one and only night he stayed in the pastor's care. Reverend Schultz also reported that objects and furniture around his home began to vibrate and seemed to move on their own. Oh my God. Worst of all, Reverend Schultz felt deeply, deeply afraid. He quickly decided that he was not properly trained to help free Robbie from whatever demonic forces had attached themselves to him. He advised the family to turn to a local Catholic priest for further help. Meanwhile, Robbie continued to use the Ouija board. Oh my God, somebody stop this kid. It was a board he now hid from his family that he used to talk to his Aunt Harriet and her new friends. Fucking ransack his room, my God. While Robbie sat alone in his room conversing with whoever or whatever was claiming to be his dead aunt, while he met new spirits claiming to be both his and his aunt's new friends. Oh shit. His parents met a Catholic priest by the name of Edward Hughes, Father Hughes, who was trained in exorcism rituals. When Father Hughes arrived at the house and saw Robbie, he was immediately unnerved by the boy's dark, sinister gaze. Oh, man. He would later describe it as looking as if there was nothing behind his eyes. They took his soul. He also was unsettled by how the boy stared intently at various religious texts and items he brought with him. He stared at them with a mixture of intense curiosity and hate. When Hughes put a Bible on a table across from the boy, the chair the priest was sitting in began to vibrate. No Then the way. priest would later claim that his chair began to levitate Shut off of the up. ground. Father Hughes, understandably shaken, responded by asking the boy, who are you? In Latin. Oh my God. Oh Robbie my God. responded also in Latin, priest, I am legions. <laughs> the response was unsettling for two reasons. For one, Robbie shouldn't have been able to speak or understand Latin. And two, legions implies that there was more than one diabolical entity residing inside of Robbie. I have chills everywhere. I don't like Father this. Father Hughes decided that an exorcism needed to be performed on Robbie immediately, that it should take place at the Jesuit institution of Georgetown University Hospital in nearby Washington, D.C. Robbie, or whatever was inside of Robbie, had zero interest in being part of this ritual, and he had to be restrained to a bed to complete it. It took several nurses to hold him down. His strength felt superhuman. His body felt unnaturally heavy. Father Hughes then spent the next three consecutive nights reciting various exorcism rites to Robbie. Go, go, Commanding the demonic spirits inside of him to leave the boy's body, the spirits Robbie had unknowingly invited into himself when he played on his aunt's Ouija board, when he reached out past where any one of us should try to reach. But these spirits had no interest in leaving. Oh, dang it. All Father Hughes accomplished in three days of prayer was to enrage the spirits. <sighs> Robbie became more volatile. He foamed at the mouth. He directed barrages of insults and obscenities at the priests, the nurses, his parents. He called for their blood. He laughed and mocked their prayers. He told them exactly what torments would await their souls in hell. My God. 
On the third and last night, Robbie, or whatever force was controlling Robbie, managed to slip outside of his wrist restraints. Uh-oh. During a break in the ritual, when no one was paying attention, no. Robbie somehow quietly tore out one of his own bed springs. Something oh no God. boy should be strong enough to do. When Father Hughes returned, no. Robbie charged across the room, no. reached out, and slashed Father Hughes from wrist to elbow. Oh. Warm blood gushed from the fresh wound in Father Hughes' arm. He cried out and fell back. Robbie lunged upon him, pulled back to stab him with the spring before nurses seized hold of him, oh wrestled God. the sharp spring away, brought him back to his bed, kicking and screaming, managing to pin and restrain him once again. Thank God. Had the attack not taken place in a hospital, Father Hughes could have easily bled out and died. Fortunately, he was able to get immediate medical treatment and the damage was minimal. Thank God. And just like that, the exorcism was over. Father Hughes, for obvious reasons, chose not to continue. I mean, isn't it his job to keep going? He was unwilling to risk his life to try again, but he did offer to help. He told the Mannheim family he would find another more suitable priest to continue. Okay. The Mannheims then took their son home from the hospital that same night. That sounds like a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Keep him locked up. After the attack, Robbie did calm considerably. He seemed almost like himself again now that the exorcism was over. But then late that evening, the word Lewis materialized on Robbie's chest in the form of bloody welts. What? L-O-U-I-S. What? His eyes grew dark once more. The Mannheim son seemed to retreat and disappear into his body. Holy shit. Robbie's mother, who was originally from St. Louis, took the welts <gasps> as a sign. They were supposed to head to her hometown to find another priest to help him there. She informed Father Hughes that he didn't need to find a local priest. The family packed their bags late that night. The following morning, Robbie's mom contacted relatives in St. Louis. Those relatives quickly contacted two new priests, Father Raymond J. Bishop, Father William S. Bodern, who agreed to visit Robbie as soon as he arrived. Robbie's mother put the priests in contact with Father Hughes to bring them up to speed on the nature of Robbie's demonic possession. Sure enough, the priests observed more of what the others had seen thus far. Robbie's bed vibrated and shook with some invisible force. Objects around him moved without being touched. He spoke in a bestial, terrifying voice. He could speak in Latin, and he appeared to vehemently hate all religious objects. Dude. The two priests had no doubt that they were witnessing a strong demonic possession. They added to their ranks, uh, to the ranks of the many other witnesses to Robbie's spiritual suffering. By the time everything would be over, over 40 people would bear witness to the various exorcisms and phenomena surrounding the story of Robbie Mannheim. That for sure makes it real. The priest quickly sought and immediately received permission from their archbishop to perform another series of exorcisms on Robbie. This time at the Alexian Brothers Hospital in St. Louis, where they were joined by Father Walter Halloran, a third Catholic priest. The number of witnesses to Robbie's possession continued to grow, and they began a series of new, intense exorcism rituals that would last for over two months. Whoa. What transpired during these exorcisms was recorded in the diaries of the priests. Father Halloran has spoken about the incident numerous times since before he died several years back. Yeah, I bet. I bet he's fucked up from that. This time, yeah, he was. He's gone now. He, he lived into a very old age and spoke about this many, many times over the coming decades. What transpired during these exorcisms, yeah, again, was recorded this time for the safety of the boys, or of the boy they were trying to save and those around him. The exorcism would be conducted in a room of the psychiatric ward that was soundproof, no furniture, no windows, a door that could not be opened from the inside. Oh, that seems 
Not good. Robbie again displayed a demonic defiance to the priest's exorcism attempts. He spit on them. He shouted profane and blasphemous abuse at them in a guttural, hellish voice. He bounced from language to language with his curses. His bed shook so violently and he threw himself around on his bed so recklessly he broke his own nose. Ooh. He laughed through his own blood and swore that before it was all over, Robbie would be dead and his soul would be gone forever. Oh my God. He made sexual propositions to the priests, begging them to fuck the child they lived inside of. Oh my of. God. The demons insulted Robbie's parents, blaming them for his possession. They mimicked and mocked Robbie's voice. Why don't you help me, mommy? Oh my God. Why did you let me play with the Ouija board, mommy? Why didn't oh you God. protect me? Oh God, oh God. This is your fault, mommy. Please, I don't like The this. boy is dead, you selfish bitch. Oh His God. blood will be on your hands. They're tormenting the family. More words appeared on Robbie's flesh. The so words upsetting. hell. Evil, even hello, materialized on the boy's body in the form of burns or oh welts. Oh my god. Mysterious scratches appeared all over Robbie's skin as if the creature the family heard in the walls of their home was now inside of Robbie, trying to claw its way out. After 30 consecutive failed exorcism attempts, one of St. Louis's priests, Father Bodern, decides to baptize Robbie, who was Lutheran, into Catholicism and to force him to take Holy Communion. Okay. He thought if he could convert the boy to Catholicism by anointing him, maybe he would be more susceptible to the specific exorcism rites and commands of the Catholic priests. The demons inside of Robbie had other plans. When presented with the communion wafer, Robbie tossed the priest across the room. Father Halloran hit the wall so hard he shattered and broke his nose. Eventually, the priests were able to restrain Robbie long enough to force the communion wafer down his throat. They pushed the blood of Christ inside his mouth through teeth that snapped and gnashed at their fingers. And then for several days, nothing changed. The verbal abuse and rage and blasphemy continued. But then suddenly, three days after the forced communion, Robbie uh -huh. woke up suddenly proclaimed in a calm, clear voice, Satan, Satan, I am Saint Michael. I command you, Satan and the other evil spirits to leave this body now. I have chills everywhere. The Michael Robbie referred to was the Archangel Michael, who originally said to have thrown Satan down from heaven into his exile, an Archangel believed by many to still hold power over the devil. Wow. The prayer of Saint Michael is Saint Michael Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl through the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. After Robbie's sudden announcement, whatever dark forces had been holding his body hostage suddenly and totally disappeared. <gasps> Robbie would never again exhibit another sign of possession. No way, it worked. He also had very little recollection of anything that had transpired throughout the entire ordeal. I mean, thank God. As far as we know, Robbie went on to have a relatively normal life. Again, this happened in 1949. In order to protect their privacy, the names of his family were never released. His true identity remains a mystery to this day. As for the Ouija board that was in his yeah, possession, there's no mention of what happened to it. Maybe Robbie's mother tossed it out. Maybe oh she God. put it in the basement and forgot all about it. Maybe it ended up in some box dropped off in front of some Salvation Army donation center. Perhaps after ending up on some thrift store shelf, it traveled to someone's home and brought whatever possessed Robbie with it. And maybe someone's using it to talk to dark spirits right now. Oh, shit. Yeah. Why'd, you, why'd you have to say that? It's supposed to be scary. <laughs> but, okay, one thing I have to point out right away before okay. I forget this thought. 
Do you think that it's just complete? I know. I am like, I got chills. I'm cold. That was fucking creepy. Um, after they gave him the body and blood of Christ. Yeah. Three days. And like, listen, I'm a failed Catholic. <laughs> right. But doesn't Jesus go into the cave for three days? And then yeah. like, res- his resurrection is three days later. It just doesn't feel like, uh, like pure happenstance that it happened that way. That doesn't right. feel like uh, a, uh, what's the word I want? Coincidence? Coincidence. Sorry. I am so freaked out right now. Like my brain is not functioning at I mean, it's capacity. an intense story. I mean, there's a reason that story, you know, was turned into such a popular, you know, horror movie and, and book. I mean, you know, the, it's unusual in the sense that there were a lot of people who Over verified people. that they did see very strange and unnatural things happening. Um, let's do our pictures. Now, this, first is just, th- this is Linda Blair <laughs> from the – isn't that intense? Who that's is that? Linda Blair from The Exorcist movie. Oh, my – oh, so that's just – that's fake. That's, that's from the fake. movie. That's fake. I don't know if I ever saw The Exorcist. Just looking at that, I'm like, oh, maybe I didn't see I it. I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe not. I mean, you know, it's an older horror movie. Um, and then just for people watching, uh, let's get a picture of the Ouija board up there. Now, this is – this is specifically – this is a little more occulty than normal. This is a Baphomet – Style, you know, Baphomet is this, uh, you know, demonic entity yeah. that that some think has always been around. Something was kind of invented during the uh, Knights Templar Inquisitions, but that's that's a more occult. This is probably this next picture is more likely similar to the one he used. Oh yeah, that's that's the standard one. That's, that's what I have played with. Yeah, that's the one you could buy at the store, and that that little heart shaped thing in the center that is the planchet. That's what you put your finger. I've never used one, but that's what you're You've supposed to put your finger. Never Ouija board? No, never have. Well, you're not going to now. Right after all this, oh my god! Nope. I mean, if we ever thought we were going to fuck uh, around with one, it's not happening now. Not happening now. Th- there's another demonic demonic entity. This next picture. Uh, this is <laughs> <laughs> now. This is Charlie Sheen. But why I included Charlie Sheen here? Just to lighten it up for a second. I, this is the sixth picture that came up when I googled, and I'm not making this up. Demonic possession. <laughs> Charlie Sheen comes well, didn't up. Didn't he have like a crazy like mental breakdown? He did years ago, and he's he's he, he. I think he, why it came up is he said it was akin to being possessed by demons. That now it's hilarious. We don't have. I love of that the he's family. standing in front of a picture. Uh, he's at the YMCA, right? The, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is he at your gym? Uh, yeah, it's my gym, Connie. Uh, this is uh, the next. This is Father Walter Halloran. This is, okay. So that's the priest that was you know the lead priest in charge of the exorcism. No, he passed away, uh, but that's the guy who led the 1949 St. Louis exorcisms. So pretty, you know. And, and, and he it, was the one that was really messed up? Uh, he, 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 just, he just wrote about it later. No, none, none of the priests were, I mean, I, I didn't look into that part of it. Maybe yeah. some of them were really haunted by it. I, I mean, just know that he documented it and talked about it numerous times, yes, yeah, yeah, afterwards. I mean, I mean, maybe yeah. they found solace and peace in their faith, and that's how they dealt with the the aftermath but like right. what about his parents what about those nurses like oh my God. i would be a mess yeah no way i'd be totally ugh. Ugh. now we don't know for sure who this boy was so it's some speculation but some think this next picture is the boy oh my god that's that we think that's robbie if you want to take a peek at robbie no just look at robbie <gasps> <laughs> that's uh i just found that's a demonic possession gif I just want you to think about that later. Which, at what point that, are you going to stop putting like these like ridiculous photos in here? Probably never. That's sister. No, thank you. That's sister. That's, no, thank that's you. sister. Hard. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking anymore. Oh my God, it is creepy. Take okay. it down, producer Joe. Take it down. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so I guess you know just some some questions uh, about this story. I mean, oh man, 
Now, you have played, let's talk about the Ouija board, because you have yeah. played a Ouija board. So do you believe Many times. that a Ouija board can open some yes. kind of door? Yes. And why yes. do you believe that? Okay. Like, very specifically, one story. So just to like, I don't know if this is just like all girls, but like junior yeah. high, me and my girlfriends got really into scary movies, Ouija boards. And so it was like every Friday night, we were spending the night at somebody's house and busting out the scary movies and the yeah. Ouija board. And this particular instance, I remember this like, I, I can still smell it. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, seventh or eighth grade, junior high. Uh, yeah. Me, we were at Kristen Marsankowski's house. I would love it if like, she wrote in and was like, hey, it's me. <laughs> me, Kristen, Amanda Adler, Sarah McDonald. I think uh, I think some other people were there too, but th- those were kind of yeah. like the core. Like We would get really into it. Sarah and I specifically were pretty obsessed. So we're at Kristen's house. We're in the basement. I say I can smell it because her parents smoked in the house. And I remember like just a, such a specific smell and feeling. Right. It's late. We get out the Ouija board. We're in her basement and we're in like a main room. And then there's like another, like, like a spare bedroom or something in the basement. In that spare bedroom, there is an alarm clock that is not plugged in. And has no batteries in it. No batteries, for sure. For fucking sure. Okay. Okay. Now, my cousin had been killed years prior to this in a tragic car accident. Yeah. And it was something that obviously wrecked my whole family, just like really upsetting to everyone. He was very, very young. So... I was sort of weirdly obsessed with the thought that through the Ouija board, I could find him. I don't know why I okay. thought I should. Yeah. And, and we all like... Uh, all of the the girls playing had either lost like a grandparent or somebody. Okay, somebody, so like yeah, we had everyone's some, trying to contact somebody. Yeah, so we're we're doing the Ouija board, and it's always like when you're playing it, you're like you're pushing it. No, you're pushing it. Sure. We all swear to God we're not pushing it. So we're we're trying to get my cousin. His name is Ross. We're trying to get him, and we believe that we've gotten him because it's moving, it's answering the questions, it's really creepy. It starts to take on this very nefarious feeling. Like we are all starting to get a little freaked out and we wanna say goodbye. And so in order to say goodbye in the Ouija board, you have to move the planchet over to the goodbye. That's how you get out of it. You're oh, like, okay. you say like, I'm saying goodbye now when you move it over there. I don't even know if we were doing it right. Like sure. that was our bullshit way how we decided we were doing it. Sure, We're trying to get it there, it won't go. And the next thing you know, Boom! Smash against the wall. What smashes against the wall? The fucking alarm clock. Whoa. And we're like, what? And it is flashing 1116, which is my cousin's birthday. That is super creepy. Super fucking creepy. And I think that after that, we like left the Ouija board alone for quite a while because we were freaked out. And mind you, this if you remember, I think it was like uh, last week or two weeks ago, I was talking about... uh, you know, other like things like my girlfriend, Sarah and I, I was talking about the baby and stuff. Yeah. I specifically would say that I think that she was sort of the conduit because all of my weird, creepy, ghostly experiences have happened always with happened with her. Why do you think that is? Why, why do you think some people are like, uh, uh, I don't know. It could be a lot of things. I mean, her family magnets for it. Yeah. I mean, her family is very religious. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, sometimes I think that that, I mean, I feel like, you know, in this story, we're talking about Robbie, his yeah. family sounds fairly devout um her sarah's grandparents um came uh immigrated here from italy and her grandmother was really i think open to those ideas so i don't know if it was just like an idea that was passed on to her that like you know um when we lose somebody they're still with us like i don't know maybe she was just more open to it i mean this is the same girl who she and her grandmother and i think her aunt as well all claim to have seen their virgin mary statues cry real tears 
So I, I don't I don't know if it was something that has attached to their family. I don't know if it's just something they believe. I, I don't know. Man, yeah, very, very, very creepy. Now, and, and speaking of creepy things, I want to I want to talk about you being freaked out this past week. <laughs> My God, it's and, been and, such a long week. And specifically, the night where uh, you know I, I don't know I don't know why it hit you this night, but it was a, a couple nights after the recording of the third episode. And but you were still bothered by a little bit by that episode, you know, by the Cantor Kaifek farm, but but really oh, bothered yeah. by the the tale of the Lachance family's yeah. uh, Union House haunting in Missouri. The combo of those two, it I like mushed them together in my brain. And we're laying there in bed. We're we're about to go to bed, <laughs> <laughs> super tired. And I remember I'm about to fall asleep, and I just remember you asking me. Um, is your face is it is your face real? So uh-huh. there's something about my face being real, and I was like, uh-huh. "What?" Uh-huh. And I'm like, if, "And you were like, if I look at your face, am I going to see your face?" And I'm like, "Yeah, what other face am I going to have?" And you're like, "I keep hearing things." And then you started to spook me, and I'm like, "It's the dogs." It was uh, I, I, Penny. Penny, our dog Penny, was her face was too close to the pillow, and so she was kind of having a raspy little breath. Was she? I that that's what I that's what I that's remember. what you told me, but that's I don't know I if I believed it. I moved it. the pillow, and it got better. I don't know, dude. But then you kept you kept hearing things I wasn't hearing. You kept getting freaked out, and then you did the something that you've only done one time in the history of us being together. Seven years together. Seven, we're already laying in bed together, and then for some reason, I don't know why I think it's funny now. It's so <laughs> like like we couldn't be closer. You're already smashed up against me, <laughs> but you wanted to get out of your side of the bed, walk around the bed, and then I guess you wanted me to hold you from the other side, yep. and also just be facing a different wall, maybe for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed. But it seems so, safer to you. Well, yeah, because like I sleep on the side of the bed that's closer to the bedroom door. Okay, I get okay. that. I so, get that. So there was like that. Although the other side is where there's like two large windows, so I don't. That's probably not a great choice either. Right. But I don't know. I I just didn't. Obviously, I could have rolled you were over. Real spooked. I was super super scared. Yeah. And I remember. I mean, I, I don't know if you'd had a weed gummy that night, but we, I had. We both did. So I was like, so there, there's that. To add I to was the story. a little bit high. But, I, but my theory was, I <laughs> like had, ten milligrams, not that crazy. We were yeah, like yeah, ripped yeah. out of our minds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I had it and a cocktail because I wanted to pass out. Because mm-hmm. as the as the evening was winding down and it was getting darker outside, my imagination was getting the best of me, and I was not having it. So okay, so we're in bed, and then so I get on the other side of the bed, and yeah. and I didn't want you. To hold me from behind, I want—I didn't want a spoon. I wanted to face you, and so Which I. You never want to do because never, because you breathe in my face, <laughs> and then I feel like I'm suffocating. It's like <sighs> hot breath in my face, and it makes right. me crazy. No, I, I have like a like a complex about like breathing anywhere near your face. <laughs> but I don't like it. Right, right. I would like to say I'm sure I'm not the only person who no, feels I'm suffocated sure by sure hot man breath up their nose. Fair enough. So. We're lying there. Now you pass out, and I am pissed that you've fallen asleep before <laughs> me. But I can't wake you up. Like, that's not fair. So I kept, you're a little bit higher than me. Like, my face is a little bit lower. Yeah. And I was so scared that I was like, okay, I'm going to look at his face. I'm going to look at his face. I'm not sure if it's going to be him. And I would look up, and I would, like, catch the beginnings of your beard. And I'm like, okay, check. <laughs> and I'd see your, <laughs> your little teeth because you breathe through your mouth. I'm like, okay check no fangs and then okay. it would get to your nose and i don't know why but yeah. like the way the shadows were hitting it like your nose looked like longer and hookier like and a just, sweet goblin nose <laughs> i don't know but it freaked me out and i was like oh and then i'd really quickly look up to your eyes and i'm like okay it's him i must have done that 15 times oh my i was God. so free- and i don't even know how i eventually fell asleep. actually yeah. I, I probably 
even though I'm not uh, a practicing Catholic, there was a, like a bedtime prayer that we would always say before yeah. we went to sleep. And like, I just started reciting that in my head. And like, to this day, it still gives me like calm. Yeah, it gives me comfort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because my parents would tuck me in and we'd say the same prayer yeah. every night. I mean, I think every kid said it. Like, now I lay me down to sleep. And then we had like a whole extra part that my family added on. Yeah. But it gives me comfort. That's good. That's good. I mean, uh, yeah, because you you were you got spooked. It was the dude in the flannel, the red flannel, showing yep, up I could see in the everywhere. guy's room, and then it was the shadow that moved from room to room looking for the family. That that that's that's that was pretty creepy. The shadow moving from room to room. <laughs> oh, I can see it so perfectly it, in my head. Combined with the fucka 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 farm, Hydrokyvek farm. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that, the person in the, the attic or, or entity in the attic. Right, potentially in the attic, and saying to you, "Oh, I sometimes hear things in our house." I was like. Somehow those two things mushed together in my brain, and I thought there was a creepy yeah. dude in the attic who was going to come downstairs oh and God. get us. And now, after shadow people today, I have a feeling that tonight it, it's all going to mush together. Like this is just going to be Great. a cumulative. It's going to build. Yeah, <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> my heart is. <laughs> My heart's in my stomach. Oh, God. Well, if, if you enjoyed our, our tales today, you know, if you have any scary tales to, that have happened to you, I mean, you've been listening for a few weeks, hopefully now, and maybe you've been getting freaked out, you can email those into info at scaredtodeathpodcast.com. Correct. Share your own moments of getting freaked out. And, uh, yeah, and please, you know, uh, again, rate us, review us, subscribe, please. find us on YouTube. Bad Magic Productions is the the channel. And, and just thank you for listening. It really yeah. is. It's fun to get a little freaked out. It's fun to do this. It is really fun. It's fun to do a show with you. I really uh, enjoy that's that. nice, sweetie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you for listening to Scared to Death. It's a Bad Magic production. Um, thanks to the Bad Magic Productions team, Harmony Bellacamp on whoop, socials. Whoop, whoop. Uh, Joe Paisley, producing and directing. Not bad. I'm sure Zach Flannery will be doing stuff with the show real soon. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Joe, Zach Cohen, Jeffrey Montoya for the sound beds that yes. you hear in the scarier moments. And uh, yeah, and also just let us know what stories you like, uh, what you don't like. Let's get scarier. Uh, check out Time Suck if you want more podcast content from me. And also know if you're if you're new, if you jumped in this episode and you're like, oh hey, why, why does he uh, approach stories this way on Time Suck and then this different way here? This isn't a place for being analytical. This is the place for what if it's real? Yeah, not going to overanalyze anything. Just, just let your imagination let go. Let your imagination go. You know, d- d- let the skepticism kind of go and just go to that fun place of like. Yeah, just because science can't prove something doesn't mean it doesn't, for, you know, doesn't exist. True. And like I've said before, just one. Just has to be true once. And just in this has to case, be true once. This last one, 40 plus people saw this. A lot of people claim the same thing. Oh my God. Uh, there's a creepy um, old what? German doll behind your head. I don't know. I don't oh, think yeah. you can see it in camera, but I've just been looking at it and it, yeah, didn't, it it's, did not it's give been looking me any- at you. It did not give me any comfort. I kept waiting for its eyes to move. And during the shadow people, during the the red eye guy, mm-hmm. we have a little rat up top that has red eyes. And That's I was like, fun. oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so new episodes, two stories, uh, every Tuesday night at midnight Pacific time. Uh, you know, and, and enjoy this little cleansing outro you hear. I didn't mention what it was before. It's, a, it's adapted from a Wiccan spell for, you know, just kind of general demonic protection. So hopefully it helps. <sighs> and somebody send me some fucking sage. <laughs> And send her some sage, for God's sake. Thank you, guys. If spirits threaten me in this place, fight water by water and fire by fire. Banish their souls into nothingness and remove their powers until the last trace. Let these evil beings flee through time and space 
Evil may pass through, but has no home here within scared to death. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What are the things that weigh you down on a day-to-day basis? What kind of stress are you holding on to? Do you spend much of your day going over things in your brain over and over until they are so distracting it affects your mental health? Well, don't worry. You're not alone. We all carry different stressors, some big, some small. When we keep things bottled up, the results can be negative. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest without fear or judgment. It's a place to work through what is heavy on your mind and heart so that you can feel lighter and happier. I'm always holding on to something. It's the way my anxious brain works. I'm continually worried that I've done something wrong, that I've hurt the feelings of someone I love, and that I have let someone down. I'm stressed that I'm not being a good enough mom or wife. I panic that our life will implode at any given moment and it'll all be my fault. Thankfully, I have an amazing therapist who helps me talk through each of these scenarios. After each and every appointment, I feel lighter, happier, and more capable of showing up as my most authentic self. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash scared to death today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash scared to death.